this podcast segment has been inspired by the ever still trending topic of, oh my God, did you see Stefan Diggs? He was very, very little impact in the Giants game, low stats, low targets. And after withholding from practice the week before, oh my God, he wanted to get traded. And did you see how he responded to the reporter in the locker room after the Giants game? Hey, do you want to stay in Minnesota? Yeah, I want to stay in Minnesota. Wink. That must mean he still wants to get traded, right? Which teams should trade for Stefan Diggs right now? Let's talk about it. Absolutely not. I don't want to hear a damn thing about the Vikings potentially trading away Stefan Diggs for several reasons. Number one, he's one of the best wide receivers in the game. They just don't target him enough. And before the Giants game, the Vikings completely ignored the passing game in favor of the run game. So if you can legitimately utilize the passing game in conjunction with the run game like you did this past Sunday against the Giants, and if you can balance out the targets between Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, that gives your offense the best chance to maximize its potential, which in favor gives you the best chance to win. And number two, he's just tapping into his prime. Number three, after this season, the Minnesota Vikings have Stefan Diggs under contract for four more seasons. And with the talent that he displays on the football field, you're getting Stefan Diggs at a great rate. What is the problem? And don't talk to me about we should trade Stefan Diggs to free up cap space because you still have extra washed up Xavier Rhodes on the books for $13.3 million against the cap. If Rick Spielman trades away Stefan Diggs, he should be fired on the spot. Don't even, don't help him pack, and don't even take the elevators out of TCO Performance Center. No, take the stairs and get the hell out of Minnesota. Do not trade Stefan Diggs. However, this did get me the thinking as far as which players could the Vikings afford to trade away, whether it's to get respectable value back, or if it's worst case scenario, let's free up some cap space. And... Before I get into that, I'm out on Jalen Ramsey. He's dealing with back issues, so you never want to hear about that with any sort of professional athlete, regardless of the sport that they that they play. That's bad news bears. But then the one player that I could see the Vikings trading for that could have a huge impact, a huge and immediate impact right out the gate to help this Vikings team is Trent Williams. And I understand that the rest of the league they want Trent Williams as well. But you got to remember, up until this point, it's been, we're not trading Trent Williams. We believe he's going to report to this team and yada, yada, yada. Well, you just fired your former head coach, Jay Gruden. You're 0-5. You've mishandled your rookie quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. So you have to at least hope, if you're any other team that wants to get Trent Williams, that maybe Dan Snyder's not going to do it because he's a moron of an owner. But you have to at least hope that, Bruce Allen may exercise some self-awareness and say, okay, we're not going anywhere. Trent Williams still hasn't reported to this team. He would rather forfeit $11 million than ever play for us again. He has stood pat in his words in that. So maybe you would exercise some self-awareness and say, okay, maybe they'll be receptive to a phone call to at least talk about a potential Trent Williams trade. That is if Rick Spielman and the Vikings were to initiate that call. So as far as what may get it done or what the starting offer should be, you have to think what do the Washington Redskins need? 
outside of left tackle, they need a tight end, okay? Jordan Reed hasn't played all year. Who's to say that he's going to come back at all? And even if he does, he's been dealing with injuries his entire career. So you need a legit tight end. And I present to you one Kyle Rudolph. I was all for bringing back Kyle Rudolph to do the 12 formations, especially with Irv Smith Jr. But so far through the first five games of this Viking season, Kyle Rudolph has been targeted a grand total of eight times. And he still is one of the best tight ends in the league as far as running routes and catching passes. Everything after that, it's whatever. But he's still one of the best tight ends in the league at that. So he still offers high value for tight end needy teams in the NFL. And certainly the Washington Redskins are one of them. So that's the starting point. Number two, here's a stopgap for Trent Williams, Riley Reef. Number three, if any team is dumb enough to trade for this dude, it is the Washington Redskins, and that is Xavier Rhodes. I think the jig is up. I think every other team knows about Xavier Rhodes and how trash he's been this year and all of last year. But if any team would do it, it's the Washington Redskins because they have shown consistently that they will take chances on aging players that were once stars to say, okay, let's see if they can get that energy to get that old thing back that they had years ago. So that would be the team. And forget the Redskins. If you can, I would take, I would trade away Xavier Rhodes for breadcrumbs on the sidewalk. If you can get anything for him, you take it because his departure would be a blessing for this Vikings team. But in terms of Kyle Rudolph, if you're not going to give him targets, he can't block. Why is he here? Why is he on the roster? You might as well get something for him. So Kyle Rudolph, Xavier Rhodes, and uh, Riley Reef, and I think you're also going to have to pair a second-round draft pick. If you can get it to a third-round draft pick, then even better. But I think that's at least a respectable starting point to offer to the Washington Redskins. So that would be what I would do. And then also in terms of creating cap space as it stands right now in 2019, this this season right now, the Vikings have just over $700,000 in cap space. If you were to make this trade, and forget the Redskins, just trade all three of those guys off the roster, the Vikings would suddenly have a little over $8 million in cap space. And then as it stands right now with those three guys on the roster, in terms of 2020, the Vikings are over the cap by just over $3 million. If you trade those three players, this is all according to overthecap.com. If you trade those three players, then suddenly you have 32, just under 32 and a half million dollars in cap space so it's a win-win for everybody well at least for the vikings anyway to trade those players but then to also create cap space the only one i would be hesitant on let's say if this is not for a trent williams trade is riley reef because you need to have some sort of backup plan for riley reef at left tackle but that's what i would do the trade deadline is october 29th so we're looking at what just uh, about three weeks away so those are the players that I believe the Vikings could afford to let go of. Kyle Rudolph, because they don't use him and he can't block. At this point, if he's not getting targets, then, my God, Laquan Treadwell is more valuable on this team because at least he can block. So you might as well trade him and Xavier Rhodes and Riley Reef if it's for Trent Williams. So that's what I would do. Who do you think the Vikings could let go of or they could trade away that wouldn't hurt this team to free up cap space. And conversely, who do you think the Vikings could trade for outside of Trent Williams that could immediately help this team? 
let me know in the comment section we do this three times a week mediocre best sports podcast with realistic randy tomorrow's podcast we will be previewing the vikings versus the eagles this upcoming sunday before i fly out on friday to minneapolis to be in attendance of that game check me out on twitter at realistic underscore randy facebook at realistic randy do not trade stefan diggs we'll see you then months ago I already wrote off the Washington Nationals and that they're not going to make the playoffs so literally right before I'm about to do this segment talking about Richard Sherman and Baker Mayfield I'm gearing up for this game five much needed to win against the Dodgers to win a series for the first time in franchise history at least since they've been established in Washington so hopefully they win that I don't mind looking stupid I need them to freaking win for once but anyway getting back to this topic This whole Richard Sherman versus Baker Mayfield. So on, I think this was on Monday night, the 49ers absolutely destroyed the Cleveland Browns at, uh, goodness, where are they playing out? Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. So they're technically the San Francisco 49ers, but they play in Santa Clara. It's kind of like the Washington Redskins. They don't play in D.C. at all. They play in Landover, Maryland. But what I will say is this. So Richard Sherman, he was talking about, you know what? What really got us fired up is that Baker Mayfield, he didn't shake my hand, and we we really got inspired to really kick their asses. And I immediately said, oh, my goodness, like, Baker Mayfield, he already looks like a pompous ass and just arrogant and just walks around like you can't tell him nothing. And when you add this on top of it, like, come on, man, you need to mature up. And then the NFL said, wait a minute, we got receipts, mofos. And the video clearly shows before the game started that Baker Mayfield shook everybody's hand that walked in front of him, including Richard Sherman. What the hell was the point of even doing that? You already won the game, so then you're going to throw some fake salt on the wound? For what? What was the point of that? I don't get what it is with people that sensationalize stories just to get headlines or to get their names circulating across the media or across social media, whatever it is. It was just completely unnecessary. Richard Sherman, he got called out for it. And I think on the Pat McAfee show, he went on, he said, okay, I owe uh, Baker Mayfield an apology. And I think he also mentioned how, well, you know, he didn't give me the dap and the hug after. No, no, no. You said he didn't shake your hand, which was a flat out lie, which I got to be honest now, looking at this, if you're lying about this, I got to go back to what was a couple of years ago. I don't know if this was the NFC championship game or if it, I know it was in the playoffs in which the Niners and the 
Seahawks when they played each other. This was back when Richard Sherman was with the Seattle Seahawks, the Legion of Boom. And you remember they won, and Richard Sherman, after the game, went over to Aaron Andrews and went off and said, don't you ever talk about me again. I will crush you and blah, 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 blah. And Aaron Andrews was like, what are you talking about? Who talked about? Who talked bad about you? Michael Crabtree talking smack about me. I'll show you what's up, blah, blah, blah. And now, if you're lying about this whole Baker Mayfield thing, I got to think twice to say, was Michael Crabtree, was he really talking shit back then? Or were you making that up too? There was absolutely no point to do that. You won the game. Just let it go. So now, okay, Baker Mayfield already looks bad. I thought, and I will be the first to admit that I thought the Browns would take over the AFC North, especially when Ben Roethlisberger went down. I still have concerns about Lamar Jackson, even though he went on a hot start the first couple of games of the season. I have concerns with Lamar Jackson as a quarterback, and the Bengals suck. So then with that, I said, okay, the Browns, they have a ton of talent, and Baker Mayfield, if he can pick up where he left off last year, this is going to be the division for the Browns to lose in the AFC North, and he looks terrible. He looks like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. So there's no disputing that, but then... Why are you adding this? There was no point in Richard Sherman Sherman doing that at all. So I'm sorry, Richard, you already won. There was just no point in doing it, and now you look foolish. So actually, literally, as I just finished that topic right there, because I don't want to spend any more time on it, and actually the 49ers, I need to see them play a real team. Okay, so they've had a pretty easy schedule up to this point. They are now... Goodness, they are now, what, 4-0 and because they just had their bye week, if I'm not mistaken. So they're 4-0. and They look really hot, but they've played a bunch of teams that aren't really competitive. I like what they've got in Greg Little, one of the best tight ends in the league, and I like Kyle Shanahan a lot. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I thought, was going to really be a beast coming out of New England, but really he hasn't lived up to that. I don't know if it's like the Derek Carr effect where he got hurt and missed the most of last year, and all of a sudden he's a little bit hesitant now. I'm not sure if that has anything to do with it, but I need to see them play a real team before I can say, okay, the 49ers, they are legit. Play some real competition. But something that just came up to me that just, I don't know, a light bulb just went off in my head. I'm looking on ESPN.com, and I'm seeing a picture of this guy named uh, Minshew. What's this guy's name? Gardner Minshew, who replaced Nick Foles, who, by the way, speaking of Nick Foles and the Jacksonville Jaguars, I have a bet with my brother-in-law that I said that Nick Foles and the Jaguars would win more games than Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles. And what would you know, like clockwork, Carson, not Carson Wentz, Nick Foles goes down in the first game, and he's already on, I believe, short-term IR. But even if he does come back, Gardner Minshew, he's been playing really well. But the bet is, okay, if the Jaguars win more games, then I have to do, or I give him a reverse buzz cut in the middle, like a, a mu- not a mustache, goodness, why am I all over the place right now? What's that word called? Uh, a mohawk, that's what it is, a reverse buzz cut mohawk, so literally just a straight line down the middle of his head, the other sides remain intact, and he, my brother-in-law, he has to go into work looking like that for a week. Meanwhile, if the Eagles, if they win more games than the Jaguars, I have to get on the podcast on YouTube and wear a Carson Wentz Philadelphia Eagles home jersey now it's still intact the bet is because we said injuries don't matter because Carson Wentz has had injury issues and oh look at me the tables have turned when it's Nick Foles that is actually injured so the bet is still intact we'll see 
would happen. Certainly, if the Vikings, if they can beat the Eagles, that will help me out a lot. But anyway, something that made me think, uh, I'm on ESPN.com, and I'm watching Gardner Minshew. Seeing They did like a piece, I guess this is Sam Borden, did like a special piece on him. And it got me to thinking, if you guys remember, I talked about how Kyle Sloter, he looked great in the preseason and really last preseason as well. And even with the Denver Broncos. And I just, I hate how he's getting screwed over. Kyle Sloter has gotten royally screwed over by the Minnesota Vikings. And there was a report that came out, uh, not a report, what Bo Levi Mitchell, uh, a guy, I think he's still unsigned. He played in the CFL or he's still there, but he came out and said that he rejected a workout with the Minnesota Vikings for the backup quarterback spot because they asked him, what can you bring to the team? And he talked about, well, I've won at every level and I can certainly help you do that and possibly take over Kirk Cousins' job if he were to get hurt or whatever. And he said that the Viking scouts or whatever their scouting department said, no, 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 no. We can't have any of that. We just need someone to help out Kirk Cousins, help him understand the playbook and all that fun stuff. Give him a second set of eyes to work with and to help him mold and get better as a quarterback. And so he said, well, clearly the Vikings don't want any real quarterbacks to be there. They just want someone to babysit Kirk Cousins. And so he rejected the workout. And that made me think about, of course, that's exactly why they did not want Kyle Sloter because, oh my God, you are too good and you are going to pose a threat to Kirk Cousins. So let's go with the safe terrible quarterback and Sean Mannion and we will send you Kyle Sloter on your way and if you guys remember I had that whole beef with those two clowns in uh, Minnesota Vikings media and you know I'm not even going to say their name I'll just say one of them I'll just say one of their names is Screech and the other I'll say I don't know Mary Poppins I'll just say that but anyway those two clowns they made fun of me and really insulted my intelligence said you're uneducated because the coaching staff they know that Sean Mannion knows more it doesn't matter Kyle Sloter is not a good quarterback and then this comes out by an actual player that rejected the uh, I guess Vikings invitation to work out it is completely wrong what they did with Kyle Sloter Hopefully, he gets an opportunity somewhere. Right now, he's still with the Cardinals practice squad. But seeing Gardner Minshew and Kyle Allen with the Carolina Panthers, guys that were either drafted super late or in the case of Kyle Allen, I don't know if this falls with Gardner Minshew too. Actually, let me look it up. Kyle Allen, meanwhile, went undrafted. So he was an undrafted free agent, much like Kyle Sloter. And Kyle Allen is shining. He has been undefeated so far in every single game that he's played in the NFL. Meanwhile, Gardner Minshew, he was drafted uh, he was drafted in the 6th round by the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, quarterbacks that are drafted super late or undrafted free agents, it doesn't matter. Oh, he doesn't have the experience they drafted him late or he went undrafted and blah blah blah. Do you have the talent to play on the field? And Gardner Minshew and Kyle Allen are showing you that it doesn't matter about, oh, we need to follow the letter of the law. This is how it's always been. Well, my God, they are debunking that system and showing you that as long as you can play, it doesn't really matter. So Kyle Sloter, I hope he gets the chance to shine somewhere else. And that makes me think, too. Let's say if the Vikings, they have to draft a quarterback next year because Kirk Cousins, he wets the bed this year. And who knows? They probably won't even do it because they're trying to save save face with Kirk Cousins say, we believe in you. We don't want to create any uh, controversy, and we need to protect Kirk Cousins' confidence. Screw Kirk Cousins and his damn confidence. You have been in the league for, what, six years now? Just freaking play. You don't need to be babysat 
my God, it's so it's so stupid how they've completely managed this whole quarterback situation. But anyway, let's say the Vikings, if they have to draft a quarterback, Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer do not need to be here if that happens because they will ruin that quarterback just like just like they did with Kyle Slaughter. I swear to God, if Patrick Mahomes were to be on this team, they would ruin Patrick Mahomes, especially Mike Zimmer. Because if you remember 2017, after every game that Case Keenum played, Case Keenum could have thrown for a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns in every single game. And Mike Zimmer still at the podium, the press conference, post-game press conference, shitted on Case Keenum every chance that he got. Oh, he needs to haul it in. He's doing too much. Mike Zimmer would ruin Patrick Mahomes, and Mike Zimmer would ruin any future young, talented quarterback that we bring here. If we have to say, okay, we are abandoning ship on the Kirk Cousins project, then Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman both need to be gone because if we are going to draft another quarterback, we need an offensive-minded coach that is going to embrace their talents, not follow the letter of the law of politics in the NFL. We do this three times a week. Mediocre Best Sports Podcast with Realistic Randy. Uh, thanks for keeping up, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Again, uh, I will be – actually, no – this will be so this will be my first time mentioning this. Uh, I'll also mention it again on tomorrow's podcast regarding a fan meetup. So I'll be out there in Minnesota, in Minneapolis at the game. But before the game, myself, Sean Kenner, Rick Sosa, we do independent podcasts. We'll be at one of the local bars a couple of hours before the game. So if you want to come by and say what up, I'll be happy to meet you guys. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be sure to let you guys know on YouTube, on Twitter, and, well, YouTube and Facebook probably. But either way, I will let you guys know where I'll be at. So uh, let me know what you guys think. We do this three times a week, Mediocre Best Sports Podcast with Realistic Randy. Check me out on Twitter at Realistic underscore Randy. Facebook at Realistic Randy. Enjoy the game, folks. The preview of Vikings versus Eagles. Breaking down that game, that matchup, that will be out tomorrow. We'll see you then.